Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the start line by two guests. One is a financial expert. The other, a former unanimous All-American for the school in Austin. <laughs> Don't blame the Red Raider and Cleveland Browns fan in me for that one. They co-wrote a book, The Winning Playbook, Strategies for Life on and Off the Field. We welcome Rob Welsh and Jonathan Scott. Hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Absolutely great friends. Let's go beyond Mike. Rob, the balance of wealth has started to shift in college football. NIL money is being thrown around like Halloween candy to the neighborhood kids. Why was this book so important for athletes to read right now? Well, and Jonathan can concur with this too and probably elaborate, but the reality is, is not knowing what to do with that money once you get it. And the money you actually keep is a different story, but having a, a bunch of money and not having money before it's a recipe for disaster because what's going to happen is that money's going to end up in other people's hands, whether it's family you didn't know that existed, whether it's the cars that you're not going to keep later on, whatever it is, that money's going to disappear if you don't have a emotional intelligence wrapped around money. You look at the money, what to do after you get the money, but I also like to look at what are you about to get into, right? So one of the things that can be new is that some of these young young people, we're talking, what, 17 years old, some of these young, young people don't even know how to clean their room, <laughs> let alone getting into commerce, right? You're getting into commerce, understanding contractual obligations, understanding what are the, the terms, all the different nuances that come with a legally binding contract, what are you getting into, right? And so there should be certain questions that you should ask is, where are earnings? What is, how long do I have this con- contractual obligation? Can I actually incorporate that into my everyday life? Because you got to also realize that they got football practice. They still got training hall. They still have study hall. And they got games. And so now you're, you know, you're getting into commerce. You're, you're literally walking into grown-uping. Now you're getting into grown-uping. So it's just knowing what to do and what you're about to get into. Jonathan, what would you have done or wanted to do if NIL money had been available when you were playing for Texas? Yeah, now probably if I had a crystal ball and knowing what to do prior to going into it, I would say something very, you know, logical. I would get an insurance policy get my own insurance policy. If I would have known then what I know now, I would have easily got an insurance policy, right? And understanding how that money can grow. And by the time I'm potentially getting into the professional realm, I got a nest egg, even if the NFL doesn't work out or, you know, professional sports doesn't work out. So I would definitely get something that ensure my person, ensure myself. Authors of the winning playbook, Strategies for Life on and Off the Field, Rob Welsh and Jonathan Scott join us beyond the mic. Money man and football coach, how did you two get together for this project? It seems like an unlikely combo. I'll let Jonathan start. I'm usually telling the start, but I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Jonathan start. All right, so, you know, not to tell too much of the book because I want you guys to check it out. It's out now. You go to yourwinningplaybook.com. What it really boiled down to is the grace of God. Truthfully, it was a series of paths that I took. I I had a series of faith and it led me to meeting Rob and Rob took an approach that was highly educating and it wasn't biased, right? Because kind of to Rob's point is that everyone's trying to sell you on something. 
And this and Rob was the only, the only person that I've met throughout my you know young professional career that was trying to educate me on something. Right, my financial advisor wasn't educating me on anything. And what happened was is when I realized that, like, man, I thought I was doing everything right. It made me question my belief system of how money really works. And at that point, you know, we we built a friendship, also built a partnership in business. And, you know, I'll pat him on his back. I mean, Rob is a is a master strategist. He knows how to take, you know, this one thing and turn it into something even bigger. So being around like-minded individuals allowed me to grow. And it just really stepped up my my entrepreneur le- entrepreneurship level, if you will. You know, I met Jonathan through a business partner and he just, you know, like minded. They had a chance to talk. And the reason that Jonathan was talking with him is because he didn't try to approach Jonathan on this, you know, for anything other than like, hey, you know, and once you start saving, talking about saving on taxes, it's a different story, right? It's, it's one of the hottest topics. And I met Jonathan, and the book is the key to the difference between that, why the book is different and what made this relationship unique was what he, what he kind of addresses is that empowerment's key. I don't have to tell them what to do. Give them the power to be able to make decisions, understand the questions to ask and empower him which by the way, I said, what's your mission? It was to empower others. That was right up the same, same as everybody else that was on our team of who we were and gave them the empowerment. The empowerment was, here's the questions you should be asked. Here's the education. Do you know how this works? Three months in, he fired his own advisor. That's, it's, not, it's not something I told him to do, but he knew more than the advisor because everybody thinks it's this magic recipe. Like I should listen to this person. And at the end of the day, that doesn't work. They're, they're being, they're being, they're just being, it's a big lie, right? You know, you understanding, it's just not out there. And then Jonathan and I grew a good relationship. And then in part, and this book came to be because Indigo River reached out. And after talking with Dan Vega at the time, who's the founder of it, and he was publisher, that he, I was telling him, I said, you know, this is a co-author book. I got the real life example. And this could be two, it could complement each other as two different people coming into it. One who's played national championship with UT, 10 years in the league and successful by all means. And then, you know, my experiences and give it two dynamics and they loved it. So that's how this came to be. Jonathan, what mistakes did you make mm-hmm. early in your career financially? I mean, we're all not perfect. I mean, did you ever go, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, well, for me. It was trusting without verifying. That's what it was for me. I was trusting without verifying. And it's kind of like the uh, lab coat theory, you know, just because they're wearing a lab coat, oh, they're the best doctor in the game. Or, you know, and what happened was, is that I I had faith in myself, but that's a different type of faith when you're dealing with faith in people. Faith in, faith in God and faith in people are two different types of faith. And what happened is I just went in blindly knowing that like, hey, this person seems, this seems knowledgeable. They're saying the right things. You know, I kind of use a demerit system, if you will, when it comes to trust. I give you all the trust in the world. You, when you're not accountable for something you say, 
take off 10 points. You don't do something, take off 10 points. You say something negative about someone behind someone's back, take off another 10 points. And I know a lot of times people, you know, people tend to want to earn the trust. I give people that trust up front. And so that's something I had to learn for myself is be more mindful and have a better discernment when dealing with anything in a foreign category, right? Now, when it comes to football, oh, I know that. I'm very, I'm very well versed in that. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't know, you know, and I can say humbly it was some things that I just was not educated on. Now, if you give me the tools to be able to, to research and, and, and dig in deep, I can become a master in anything. So uh, that's why, you know, I think that's why me and Rob work so well is because he has a skill set and it works well. Authors Rob Welsh and Jonathan Scott join us beyond the mic, and it's time for the Rocky Nade. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Since we have two guests, we're going to alternate questions. Rob first. Rob, if you could buy season tickets to one team, and you can have them for life, but could never watch any other sport again, what team are you buying tickets for? <laughs> Manchester United. Really? Okay. Now, how was losing the first two games? Was it killing you? No, because I want to buy them. Hmm. Nice. Turn them around. Buy them. <laughs> buy low, sell high. You know what? Season tickets. You see F1. the buy? F1. Not having season tickets. Not, it's it's uh, buy a team in F1, too. Why doesn't that shock you, Jonathan? Because he thinks in abundance. You know, that's the beauty. It's something my father always taught me. He said, son, if you're in a room with four idiots, guess what? You'll be the fifth. Well, son, you be in a room with four brilliant people, guess what? You're going to be the fifth. And that's the beauty of Rob is that he thinks in abundance. He doesn't think in, a, in, in scarcity. And so that's where I want to, um, you know, that's the environment that I choose to be in. And that's why, you know, this is why this book is, a, you know, this is a manifestation of that first step. That's just the first step. By the way, Sean, that's not a fantasy, by the way. For what we do, we're tier one in money. You, you don't become, we're bigger than, in private level, we're bigger than Goldman, we're bigger than Morgan. We have every point covered. That is the stuff, creation of capital, all the stuff that we do, and we, we do for legacy, beyond not just our family, but for the community. But we have the capacity. And those right there, we're just getting started. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Jonathan, which moment in your career still stands out to this day? Hmm. Winning a national championship at the University of Texas. Hands down. Hands down. How good was Vince? You know, he was transformational. You know, he wasn't just a good quarterback or talented. He did so many things off the field. He gave back to his community. He, get, he poured into his teammates. Literally, he was the catalyst for the energy on the football team. Now, mind you, our football team the year before when we played in the Rose Bowl, played Michigan, we had more talent then than we had the, the, the second year. But with Vince is literally, he was a game changer, transformational. And he's one of those guys that you'll break your leg for him. And he, he's just a positive guy. He's positivity is the only thing that he knows. How many of your teammates just you still talk to this very day? All of them, <laughs> pretty much all of them. Uh, I just talked to my buddy, uh, Big Stud, Casey Stuttered. He played in the league a little bit, too, for um, the Texans. I talked to him. He has a successful business in Austin, working on his third. We have a great relationship. 
We bled together. We had a covenant that was that was thicker than water. Rob, how incongruous is it being a former Marine and a minister? I mean, I've got Marine friends who can drink and swear, and each swear word could mean a different thing, even for the same swear word. Even now, when you've stopped drinking and you're now making money for people. Yeah, that was version, uh, Rob version 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. All, you know, I mean, it's just the, the early stage of life. Yes, everybody against everybody's other branch, like Marines are the best, right? And then you kind of get out, everybody serve. But however, I got a heart for the Marines, right? So being a minister was, well, I've been married, right? Got out. My wife's from Okinawa. We married 35 years and I have a 26-year-old. Getting out and, you know, just at one point, growing yourself and then it just came to the lord became saved and then had a move we were in san jose ended up getting into business in 1998 and the first guy i went to go see on an appointment we were fellowshipping and he had there was this church and i was just looking for one and went on a friday night and i fell in love with the ministry and the, and the vision of the church and i decided you know and then i ended up becoming a minister on staff at that church what, what I say to people is that, you know, so <laughs> a former Marine and a minister or former minister on staff at a church, and then they go, and I say, what's the deal? I love to help people, but I hate injustice. And I was in the Marine Corps is I hate injustice, but I am a minister at heart, and I love helping people. And that combined together, it's a powerful force. Jonathan, you never had that big, awesome contract. Mm-hmm. You live within your means. But what was the first dinner you went out for after you got your first paycheck? I mean, <laughs> where did you go and what did you spend? Uh, There's got to be that first meal when you went, oh, my, it's time to eat. You know what? <laughs> I don't even remember my first meal, but I do remember the first thing that I purchased was a Rolex Yachtmaster timepiece. I always was just fascinated with Rolex. I was just like, I got to get one, right? Because, you know, my parents taught me to, like, tell time analog, right? And so when I, you know, everyone's had digital watches, and I'm like, nah, I want to go classic. And I got me a Yacht Master, and I still have it to this day. And it's actually increasing in value, so that was a good buy. Rob, what excites you about the future, especially the future for you? Just the legacy that we're leaving as a whole. I, I, I love the people that I'm surrounded with. I don't have, there's not a lot that are that close to me, but my family, I seeing my son develop and grow, he works for me. And to see him now asking me questions, mentorship level, and to be able to help, you know, give him what I didn't have in relationship to helping him grow. He knows more about capital markets, the bond markets, and just in money period. And it's a tool that he needs to be able to, you know, understand that his passion is something else. He follows that. We fund it. But I really am excited for the stuff that we're doing today for really what's going to happen five years from now and 10 years from now. What are the new technologies we're funding? What are the different developments we're doing? Some of this stuff for water, some of this stuff overseas and developing youth. And at one point I'm excited, me and Jonathan, we're, we're constantly excited about the, what we have our hands on and then getting a tech platform where we can get this information, the copyrighted education system that's within this book alone. That's just one of the things with strategies, putting it on a tech system so it can be delivered on a scale level. I mean, we're just constantly excited about what's happening now. But here's, I have a vision that 
we won't be able to accomplish everything in this lifetime and nothing that we start. Some of it will be accomplished next lifetime, but the next generation and so on and leaving that legacy for people to continue. Jonathan, what was your best moment from Carter High School? Carter High School. Um, I think, oh man, I wish I, I, wish I had uh, my yearbook. There was this moment where I'm signing my national letter of intent to go to University of Texas. And like my dad is with me, right? He's sitting right next to me. There's this moment when I'm signing and my dad is looking, you know, looking across my shoulder and you can tell he has a smile from ear to ear, you know, seeing that, just seeing that he's proud of his son accomplishing his, his dreams that internally brings peace within myself to know that like I made my dad proud, you know, so not to get too emotional, but you know. <laughs> now, Rob, you've been married for 36 years. What's the best thing about your wife? She sees the best in me. I wouldn't be where I am today if she wasn't around. She literally is the driver. She's like, you should be doing this and kind of sees the best in me. What is so amazing about her is she feels the gap of my weaknesses. To be 35, 36 years married and to this day, I cook dinner every night that I can. We eat, we play dominoes or a game. We spend the time, fill it, and we spend time together. And Everything that we don't chase money, everything she wants, I say, just get it. What's nice, she's from Japan and she's frugal. She's only 4'10", I'm 6'2", right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan knows her. She ran operations for the company for a while. And she is a powerhouse. She's got a heart of gold. She makes me better. Jonathan, she she literally, I I you know, I married up, you know. Is he right, Jonathan? Oh no, man, Miyuki is she's that fire and she has that attention to detail and she has a certain just a certain spark that makes you say, you know what, let me, let me get going. Let me, you know, and you got to love it. And she's so gracious. You know I mean, she, I've never seen her. I know Rob's experience is definitely different than mine, but I've never seen her in a bad mood. You know, uh, she's out when she comes, she comes in the office. It's just positive energy. You know, uh, she's the greatest. And like I said, she's feisty. She's fiery. And you got to love that. Cause you need those kind of people in your life to, that keep you on track. And, you know, as my dad said, keep you, keep my foot in your butt. <laughs> Jonathan, should Texas and Texas A&M be put in the same pod in the SEC or kept apart? Oh, no, we need to bring it back. I mean, I love the good times when we used to beat up on A&M day in and day out. We need to bring that back. You know, my career, and I have two business partners that went to Texas A&M, whatever they call themselves, those Aggies, right? We used to beat up on them all the time. So I don't know what it's like to ever lose to inferior team. So there you have it. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. The winning playbook, Strategies for Life on and Off the Field, is the book. Authors Rob Welsh and Jonathan Scott join us for the back half. Financial freedom is important for both of you, but also mentoring kids. Jonathan, for you, the Cardinals of John Paul II High School, you mentor them as an assistant football coach. Rob, 
as an advisory board member for the Payne Stewart Kids Golf Foundation. Why is their future? Why are these kids' future so important for both of you? One of the biggest questions I've always been asked in the past was, if you go back, what would you what would you change? What do you wish was different? That's one of the questions most people ask. And I was, I really wish I had a mentor. My dad was a good man. Didn't get a lot of mentorship in certain areas, like nobody taught business or any of this other stuff. And I appreciate my dad for all that he did. But having a mentor, and you know, it's all about timing too. But being able to pay it forward and be able to see, you know, just young people grow because at the end of the day, you take a look at golf right now. If, if they don't continue to feed golf and make it exciting with these four to seven years old, and also too is the dynamics of golf don't allow every demographic to participate. And Paid Stewart Kids Camp Foundation goes across all demographics, and it doesn't need a golf course to do so, and it makes it fun but it delivers values about character and such as well. I'm excited about that. Whenever, you know, I see a youth and I can mentor them, you know, it's just so rewarding. It really is. It's better than anything else is being able to mentor and being able to give back. I'm also a board member for the National Psoriasis Foundation because I'm living with uh, psoriasis. One of the things that drives me is being able to see that individual light up when they see a different perspective, right? They, you know, like it's something that's self-gratifying to see someone light up when they get it, right? And so we do a lot of initiatives with the MPF. We do a lot of initiatives for kids, done a lot of work with youth being able to help with, in, in specifically pediatrics. And then uh, also, when it comes to football, is is growing young boys into young men, right? Because I am a firm believer that football, the ultimate teacher of life, right? It's the absolute ultimate teacher of life. And, you know, there's so many different nuances of football that can be translated to life. Adversity, right? Teamwork. Uh, list goes on. Toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness, trust, you know, uh, decision making. Right. So I owe a lot of homage to the sport of football because it, it, it grew me. And at the same time, it's taken me to a, another tier. Now, you know, being a player, now I'm a coach. People looking at, you know, young people are looking to me for answers. And it's just a joy to be able to be in that ship, being able to to give back and see that, bing, see see that uh, see the eyes light up because they get it and they're they're playing at a high level. Now I've worked most of my days of my life since I was twelve, but now we have a generation instead of go work, it's go fund me. How hard is the entitlement generation for the future in your minds? You know, I, I I've met plenty of young people that worked a job for one day at 18 and decided to never work again. And it wasn't because they decided to go home and sit down. And is the generation different? Yeah, definitely different. Right. And it's, um, it's got more tools at its disposal right now. And I see a lot of influencers. I don't know if you've ever been to Neiman Marcus, right? Oh my gosh. You know, you look around and you look at some of the stuff in the, in the price tags of those things. 
you see a lot of people that are younger buying it, whether they can afford it or not. I do know that social media has changed how you make money, day trading, being smart about doing stuff, but not being afraid to get your your hands dirty, right? How do you sew a button? I mean, I was in the Marine Corps. They teach you, you got to learn how to sew a button. You've got to learn how to do certain things and you can't be lazy. There's one thing about working smart, but there's another thing about working lazy. And if you're lazy, it doesn't have any place in society. It, being lazy, that, that doesn't get you anywhere. What I, what, what I see more of is I see a lack of mindset towards abundance. The education system today is really broken with outdated stuff. And it's meant to keep people in a certain pocket, right? And I, and I believe that's got to change. But, you know, is everybody in this generation like that? I don't believe so. I think that if you raise them up as parents, you know, if you can, I mean, you raise, it's, it's from, it's like leadership at a company, right? It's the example that's being set. You know, I want to wish my, my son to rake pine needles of three acres like I had to, right? It's not something I wish on anybody, right? Um, but the reality is, is does he have tools at his disposal, how to change a tire, how to sew a button, how to fix a doorknob, how to do this? It is very valuable to be able to do that stuff, but not being afraid to work. Hard work is not bad for you. Jonathan wouldn't be where he is today if you didn't learn the values of hard work. Absolutely. The thing that I had to learn was we're different. You know, the generation is different, right? I can do one or two things, complain about the generation, like they're not this or not that, or be a resolution, right? And one of the things that I learned, and that's I was kind of digging, is this book right here, Tony Dungy, Quiet Strength. And one thing that I learned you know, from this book and actually learning from his his coaching tree, which was, you know, Lovey Smith, Mike Tomlin, right, is that you can't coach everybody the same, right? You got to meet guys where they are. And one of the things is, is like, if you can inspire them and challenge their belief system of how it should happen and and get them to see like, man, I want to be that or I want to aspire to be that. Let me change how I approach things. I get entitled kids all the time, right? This one thing that I know, and I know very well, you can't cheat your way to the highest level professional sports. You can't, mani- you can't milly vanilla your way all the way to it, right? <laughs> You're going to have to put in the work, right? There is, n- like, and it's unfortunate that the perception is what I see on Twitter or Instagram and they, they see the instant they see the success. So all I have to do is post and I become successful. There's a misconception. Yeah. What they, you know, what the young kids, you just got to get them to realize is that you saying both, right? World-class, the fastest person in the world. That's like, like, that's absolute, like the fastest. There's nobody else faster. You see him run for nine point whatever seconds, but you didn't see the two decades of work to get to that nine seconds, right? And if you get the young kids to understand, it's like, it's no cheat code. You got to put in the work. And when they buy in, 
They changed their mindset. Then they realized, hey, this is what it takes to get to that next level. Rob, you co-wrote this book with Jonathan for athletes, but it also could have been used for entrepreneurs. Even with the tech bubble being long in the past, what mistakes have you seen others make? I mean, how should people make it for the future? And it's a, it's a good statement because I, I was in Silicon Valley until five and a half years ago, right? Saw what happened after that crash. And then the, the reality is, is yes, we originally started writing it for future and pro athletes. And then what we really soon realized was that the content is inside of this is applicable for pretty much anybody. Yes, you got, you got, there's a flair in there, how to pick an agent, but everything with empowerment and how to, how the questions you should be asking, or here's how things actually work in the money world. Here's how this works. Here's how a budget works. Here's this, right? It's, it's not just money, it's life. It's finding purpose. And how do you identify your purpose? It's one of the biggest things. The, the biggest mistakes that is not, I mean, people... I would say they don't save money, essentially. They get out there spending and they don't have vision. So what is the bigger old discipline? I've got a neighbor. They, they just put a pool in. They just did this. They just did this. I know what he does for a living. You know, everything is coming in. It's, if there's a, they're, they're probably, I would say, maybe six flat tires away from bankruptcy at any given point in time, right? I mean, that is, that is the truth. I, I've, you know, been educational in money for how many years now? And I see people dumping a bunch of money into a home that they're not going to live there forever, could be paid off. If they lose their job, they don't get access to the money in their house. Why put extra into it and use that money that's in your house? Take the equity, pay your house off after the time without paying it to the bank necessarily. It's all of this misinformation, right? I mean, like great, the generation of the depression was, you know, don't have debt, but a house being paid off, sitting there, equity in it, makes no sense at all. Utilize that money to make you money. But a lot of people did cash, they did cash out refis and because it was hot and they went and bought jet skis and they leveraged to the hill. And, you know, and when you lose your job, we have a program that's non-institutional. I was just talking to a mortgage guy today, creating a new mortgage product where you don't have to worry about if you lose your job because we can help to support that with what we do for people that don't have the hundred million, right? People that are in the lower categories, they don't, you know, they have 30,000 maybe, and it's not necessarily our market, but we created it because we had a group ask us to, and we didn't know if we're going to keep it two years ago, but this thing is flying. It helps. We created this program. We, we help. We started with the, with the professional football players and the football players, they get how many checks, Jonathan? 18. And what happens the rest of the season? You get nothing. <laughs> and here's the thing. You know, those 18 checks, they don't get to keep it all. So you're, you're looking at half or less of your money that's got to last you for the rest of the thing, of the whole thing. And we stated in the book, the reason I kind of was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening in Dallas? Like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, people have jobs that are, are playing for the Cowboys. Are you kidding me? What's that all about? So not knowing how money works or strategies in ways to keep it or how to save it in particular and not just give it to the bank at 0. 0.00, whatever it is, right? This whole spend mentality, the biggest mistake is they didn't plan for the future, let's call it, for that emergency time. And, you know, look at the pandemic, how many people lost their jobs. We, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't go into a housing crisis again. 
man, Silicon Valley was brutal. Like if you went into Modesto, it was like ghost town. People were gutting houses, stripping in the insides, taking them to sell the stuff. And then they had houses with weeds and everything just lying around. And there's so many distressed properties still around the inner cities. Yeah. So the program, yeah, we pay, we created a program where professional football players that are actually playing right now and get every check in an off season, they get paid for the entire off season. And then anybody who's out for 24 consecutive months, that's been out for 24 consecutive months, we'll give them access to their retirement funds. Cause it, Jonathan, what age do you get access to your retirement funds? 45. Yep. Yeah. And how, how long do you play? Not till 45. Yeah, that means you got to stay coaching at that level for that long to, for it to continue too. Right. So right. it's a, it's a, and we started there and we're moving forward on, some, on, on the rest. How has this book changed both of your lives? What I've noticed how it's changed is that there's this natural leadership position that's been bestowed on me. Which is cool, cause, you know. I don't shy away shy away from pressure, you know, because I've been formally trained to understand uh, to deal with pressure. But it's kind of cool because it's like people are asking you, like, say, like now, like I'm a um, a member at a um, a social club, and when people refer to me as Jonathan, they're always like, "Oh, Jonathan, that's the money guy." Like he knows money, right? And it's like, oh wow. And so I sit down with young people. I sit down with people older than me. I talk to them and kind of see where they are, what they're trying to, uh, what you know, what their goals are. And it turns into this deep dive intellectual conversation that has more to do with mindset than it does the actual, you know, the. The, the 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 minutia of money it's how it's how we respond to money you know how how do you actually build wealth you know and what are those components to do that and pretty much 90% of it has to do with how you think about it how you perceive it you know talk about the subconscious mind and the conscious mind of how we subconsciously look at money or look at people who misuse money Right. And I mean, misuse money in the sense of for negative, you know, for clout or to be, you know, sought as some, you know, demagogue or some, you know, something bigger than what they really are, you know. But at the end of the day, like being in this position is literally one. And I talk about it in the book is being in this position. I talk about expanding, you know, I ask God to expand my territory. And if people come up to me and ask me about, you know, how to think about things or that's the, that's the territory that I pray for. So it's cool. It's exactly what I expected. Um, you know, having that faith. Rob? Yeah. You know, back to your point real quick though, is, you know, that um, the book covers a lot of strategy and, and, and one of the things that I pray that it gets out there and really shares people pick up the book because it, you know, we know stuff. And if you take a athlete, it's going to keep maybe 40% of their money that agents can set athletes up with an LLC attached to certain trust structure that owns the LLCs, put their, charge their fees to there. And also NIL money, all the marketing monies. 
And now there's a there's a different structure that allows them to keep and lower their taxes by 80 plus percent. It allows them to write off certain things you can't do as a W-2. There's ways to initially just, you know, take 30% of what you earn today, reduce your tax liabilities by 30% automatically. There's things that agents could do, but that's it's not it's not familiar. People are going to CPAs, EAs, trust attorneys, tax attorneys, and nobody's working together, right? The book for me is because I've been in this in the financial space with strategies in particular and education and empowerment is it makes it easier for heaven's sakes, right? I mean, I don't know how many conversations I'm having with somebody and they go and I say, oh, hey, you need to read this book or the aspect of being an author. My mom, it just, we went to see her last month in New York and she's, she's like 78 years old, she, I think, and she's like, so proud that I'm an author. It's this big deal, right? And so I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But the reality is, is that I was on a podcast, I don't know how many years ago. It could have been five, six years ago, maybe. I think I just moved to Texas. And it's interesting. We're on this podcast and he's asking me these questions and he asked me about Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey. And I gave him, you know, I said, okay, you know what? Great information. However, they're not licensed to give some of the material, but I don't know why they say certain things in opinionated ways. You know, to me, that's, that's like a financial entertainer, I guess you would call it, right? However, they're, they got value and I respect, right? But, you know, we get off this podcast and he said something. He goes, Rob, man, appreciate that. He goes, but you know what authority is, right? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, what's the first half of authority? He goes, I go, author. And he goes, exactly. Doesn't matter if they're right. And I was like, ah, so at that point, you know, um, intention and you can manifest, right? Coming to Texas was like four years prior talking to my wife because my son was getting out of school. Where are we going? Manifestation is when you have intention, but you don't really know, but you speak it out loud in the book, you know, being an author, you know, it's just, it's, you know, okay, but I'm glad that we got it because it changed us because we had never done it before. It was different. It was difficult. It was out of our comfort zone. We argued with the editor. I, I said, my, I told my son, he, she wants to take his, all this stuff out. He, he goes, he's reading. He goes, have you read a book that you're like, man, just get to the point. I was like, yeah. He goes, exactly. And I was like, so it's like a slap in the face. Right. But it really helped me to like, oh, I, I need to learn how to really educate and to be on paper, to be concise, keep it simple. And the second person who came in that kind of went back through, who was an editor, she came back through and read it finally, right? And she's coming and asking us the questions to edit the Word doc because she needs to understand. It was the best exercise ever. And then I was talking to Jonathan a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about, you know, something with the book and he goes, no way. He said, you know, you actually had one of your students they were asking about how to pick an agent. What'd you say? It's like, ooh, I got this. Like, you know, it's like, ooh, let me tell you. So, you know, one of the things that when it comes to picking an agent, all right, you got to know, like, it's all about building your team, right? You only know what you know. So what happens is, is that if you look at it, it's not just getting an agent. It's like now you're, they're going to start calling you Mr. Scott instead of, Jonathan Scott, right? And so now you are in control. You're the CEO of yourself. And so it's about picking your own 
board of directors. In your board of directors, there's a lot of things you you don't know. So it's your finances, right? The money side of things. You shouldn't be picking someone that you trust or that you have loyalty to. Because at the end of the day, I'm loyal to my, you know, my sister, but she's in cybersecurity. Why would I have her as my CPA? Because I'm loyal to her. You wouldn't pick your waiter to be your cardiologist, would you? No. So you gotta do you have to do the same thing. So what happens is is that find your team, right? I would say find that spiritual leader, someone that can speak life into you. Find that 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 person that's going to shoot you straight, right? That's usually your, you know, that close friend, childhood friend, brother, family member to say, hey, you're doing wrong, Jonathan. You get get your get your stuff together, right? Or, and then on top of that, you get someone who is proficient in business, that understands performance, understands all the nuances when it comes to building a successful business. And what happens is, is that as you build this board of directors for your personal self, you start learning, you start acquiring new knowledge, right? Because you got to think, this is your first go at being a professional in business. It's in the book, right? It's time for one big question with the winning playbook authors, strategies for life on and off the field, Rob Welsh and Jonathan Scott be on the mic. There are challenges that athletes face every day. Coaches, agents, friends, the pressure of family and their own expectations. Gentlemen, in this book, you tackle the financial issues. But in the last chapter, you deal with life lessons from several sports stars. What's the next lesson that you believe needs to be taught? People think too small. They having purpose and, and really what is it that you want? That is it, the book touches base beyond the ball. But until you have purpose or you really identify what it is that you want your life to look like, it's kind of like a young kid, like seventh or eighth grade, right? Taught a class before, you know, how to get into college per se. But the reality is, is they all know what a million dollars is, right? They don't know what taxes are. They don't know this. But they think the, how, what they're going to do after work, well, they want to do what they like to do. One person wanted to be a cosmetologist, right? You're not going to make that kind of money being a cosmetologist on your own. So having a vision and a purpose, how do you really identify that and make a game plan? I'm a life, living, breathing example that it took later in life to get to that point. But being clear and not thinking small. How do you actually do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to that point, it's like using the cosmetology aspect. Instead of looking at being like, I want to be the best barber in the city, I want to I want to build a franchise of the best barbers in the country. And then at that point, I want to be able to create a franchise to where now I'm not only doing real estate, I'm doing franchising. And then on top of that, I'm actually building educational program to bring in a feeder system of new cosmetologists. Now, that number that you were thinking that you wanted, it's going to probably be even bigger. And that's what Rob is saying, is thinking in abundance. And it's all about mindset. Uh, one little kind of quick tidbit is, read, get to the back of the book, all of that reading, we've read every one of those books. Every one of them. They talk about mindset, they talk about manifestation, and there's some more stuff on there too. 
that we didn't put because it may be a little bit next level. You so, can't all earn your self-esteem. Personal development is the number one thing to grow anything. And I got a, I got a thing back from Lance Allred. He's first NBA deaf player, right? And he got the book. And he said, you know, he, he gives me this um, text last night. And he said, Rob, I can't even begin to tell you how much this book would have impacted my life had it been given to me in college before going pro. I'm sad for the younger me, but also incredibly grateful for the wisdom I have gained, which I share fluidly to other upcoming athletes. This book, however, is a Bible. Where can people find you and your book? Okay, yourwinningplaybook.com, but it's sold through all major outlets, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, you name it. They're all sold out right now. Except for, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Target Online, Barnes & Noble, but if you were to go to the shelves, they're all sold out already. And again, that's yourwinningplaybook.com. They want you to level up your strategies for life on and off the field. Believe that Texas and Texas A&M should be put in the same pod again. And Rob's wife is pretty damn amazing. Author of The Winning Playbook, Rob Welsh and Jonathan R. Scott. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. <laughs>